And now, a word from our sponsor. CBC new podcast, Cowboy President, Celebrity to President. Once upon a time, there were politicians and there were celebrities. But then the good old American people decided that politics was entertainment and voted to merge the two. And what a ride that has been. Join us as we look over the career of the 41st President of the United States, Emilio Estevez. From his film role as a cowboy in Young Guns to the highest non-corporate office in the land. Available in your Gentech approved podcast player now. So... Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you know, okay, okay. I studied archaeology and ancient history, right? Yes. So I you did. did. I didn't, didn't like cover modern history in that, but I'm pretty sure any historian in the world can tell you that Emilio Westerberg wasn't a president. I feel like our podcast is getting hacked by some sort of weird ad scheme. I think it that might we don't be. know much about at this stage. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should. I'll tell you what, let's have a look-see while we get on with the episode. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Right, welcome. Uh, welcome to episode two, everybody. Uh, my name is Matt Davis. I'm the Marketing Community Manager here at Orc Digital, joined by my partner in crime. Matthew Roleplay Walker. Um, <laughs> 3D Roleplay Walker. Three, I'm just, because um, Galaxy doesn't seem to be sticking with anyone else except me. Thankfully. Every time, from now on, every time we start an episode, I'm just going to find a word that exists in the studio that is my nickname for the episode. I like it. Yeah. I so like today it. is role play. Okay? And, so what, and, and there'll be a good reason for that soon. So before we get cracking on with the rest of this episode, I should also point out to everybody that this is episode two mm-hmm. of the third season. But episode one, it will make a lot more sense if you listen to episode one. Yeah. It is not a direct one. You can just listen to this immediately. But it's very much a sequential thing that we're doing right yeah, now. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah, exactly. So so episode one of this season was all about car combat, like mm-hmm. as in the uh the history of car combat as a as a as a as a genre and we looked at films and we looked at books and tom's encyclopedic knowledge of the whole thing came to the fore uh, we are now going to do an episode specifically around a box that i have in front of me right just just here. Just, uh, just just tap on it or something. let's have a little oh man like Whoa. that's a good shape now um to to explain for those in podcast land, uh, I have a box that I would say is about uh, about the size of a lar- a large board game box. Yeah, it yeah. has a uh, an image of a guy with a spiked like shoulder pad. Gas oh, it's all, mask it's on his face. Legion of Doom. Very Legion of Doom esque. Yes. yes, if you've seen the Legion of Doom, he's got spike gloves on and he's looking over his shoulder while he's wearing like one of those kamikaze headbands. And then on the other side of him is a red, flat red car with like a trough on the front of it and then like a missile flying out the top. It's pretty wet. So this you is. You mean you don't have that on your car? I, I mean, if I did have a car, I'd really want it to look like one of the dogs. You should see my Persia 207. <laughs> it's basically the same. The uh, We're currently, for those of you who haven't guessed already, looking at the box of Dark Future, the game can of I, can Highway I just, Warriors. Like... Oh man. It's beautiful. It doesn't feel like normal, like a normal box. Uh, by, so we've got on the front here as well. We've got a big sign that says 3D roleplay game which we are going to talk about mm-hmm. soon uh, and made by Richard Halliwell um, so uh, normally uh, you know 
Matt and I will just start riffing about things that we had just done. But <laughs> but we, today we thought it was something different. We thought we'd open the box. Yeah, so we normally have, quite often have a guest on most episodes, yeah. if not all episodes. But I would like to say, this this is, we're still following that trend. This is the guest. This is the, this guest. Is the guest for today. It's this Dark is, Future, the board game. This is the, uh, yeah, 1988. This almost as old as you. Almost. Almost, almost as old as me. A couple of years out. A couple of years, yeah. Yeah, this is weird. This oh, I was man. two when this came out. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how old I, I was when that came out. <laughs> so, we then have, uh, well, I think we should open it. Just do it. Oh, look on the site. Oh, look at that. Hang on. Fury. Oh, Dracula. man. This, oh, I could do so much Games Workshop promo here. So this just, is... just as a disclaimer, if you hear like Mike's being kind of knocked, it's because we are, we're literally surrounding ourselves with yeah. so much rad stuff, future stuff so, right now. Um, now, I know the rules aren't in here. Yeah. Because the rule book we've actually had to take out and put into uh, into general usage here because we actually use it quite a lot. For I thought you were going to say we've had to take it out and put it in a vault <laughs> and hide it, do whatever. Else. Yeah. Um, so what I'm currently looking at is in here is um, oh that's a box thing falling over. I'm currently looking at lots of bits of cardboard mm-hmm. with lanes on them. We're going to have to get some pictures and, and share yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We'll have to send some lines. Well, I'll do some. Mm-hmm. That's cardboard. That's good. If you haven't heard that before, <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got oh. I've knocked another microphone it's there. Okay. Uh, I've then got a load of like, <laughs> a load of like, what are these tokens? Just as dummy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that means like it's a dummy explosion, but yeah. I'm just thinking the word. I love that there's an explosion uh, token. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so, so good. Sorry, I'm just going to get this up closer to the mic. So, so I've got, um, there's a, like a white cloud circle. I've got a uh, explosion if I encounter. This is an interactive uh, episode. This is a very interactive episode. Yeah. I've got one of those. Um, for those of you who don't play Games Workshop games, what they'll do sometimes with their box games is they give, because you need to measure a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't yeah. have a measuring tape, they give you one of those like clear acetate things that you can use to. And it says on it, for tomb, daka, daka, daka. <laughs> Boo, Badoom. It's almost like a classic Batman episode. Daka Daka and Womp. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that that's in there as well. Yeah. Uh we also I don't think that's part of it. There's like an old dinosaur egg in here. <laughs> that's not that's, maybe it was an expansion we've we we have not talked about yet. Maybe I don't maybe, know. maybe there's a dino expansion ready for this game. Dino future. Um, there's a big circle that says Screech Vree and Screech on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure right now, anyone who's listening, it's only the diehard Dark Future fans know exactly yeah, what you're you, describing Yeah, if you were right a diehard now. Dark Future fan, you could probably see in your head exactly what I'm looking at right now. So I'm now looking at some squares of cardboard with like rocks on them and uh, some broken cars. And then, now, here's the cool stuff. This is the piece de resistance. Piece de la resistance. I am holding... I can. Oh, but can, can I can I have one of those? Like, Come yeah. on, share share around, man. Yeah, share. Uh, oh, that's nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You, you can have one of those ones and holding on to that. Oh, so, wow. So these, I'm missing a wheel. Uh, one of them's. Oh, here you go. Here's one with all the wheels. Oh, that's okay. I like the one with that. Okay. I okay. like the, the ugly. So definitely. we're currently holding three blue vehicles. Uh, mine are a lot like boxier and rounder, but they're um they're pretty rad. I think these are the interceptors. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And definitely. then you've got one of the trucks. Uh, there's also some. There's the dinosaur bit for it. Man. There's a stormtrooper in here as well. Okay, this is certainly an alternative version of uh, some games workshop. Dark future. Some games workshop sprue bits. Oh, these and are there's so two good. bikes. 
Yeah. Two bikes, yellow and a red one. So, um, so for oh, well, uh, we've also got a box of what can only be described as the most radical looking miniatures, street warriors in in their box still. Like with yellow and orange writing well, on it. I don't even look at it or breathe on it. That oh, looks like it's wow. worth some money. I mean I mean, like legally I don't know. This is not a toy. Hold on, is is that lead? Should we be careful? Uh, maybe. maybe that's why it's still sealed. Probably. <laughs> should we Yeah. We should probably open a door or something, open maybe. a window just in <laughs> maybe, case. Maybe I will close the box. But um, <laughs> what this is what this is going to do. Don't, don't uh, forget that dino bit. Oh the dino bit, yeah. I'll, I'll put it in later. So. Uh, just just for the record, we normally start um each episode with a with a little bit of bants, but this is different. This is this different. entire season is different. Now, why why are we starting this particular episode differently? Matthew well, Walker. in the last episode, uh we talked about uh car combat um mm-hmm. as as a medium. So we, we covered books, novels, yeah. um and, and film and whatnot. But now we're talking specifically yes. about Dark Future, the board game. Um, that's why it's here. So, to explain everything that I have just been looking through and tinkering around, yeah. we should probably get involved in the main bit. Do it. Let's do it. Okay, so we are back again um, after that interesting advertisement campaign. But anyway, we're back here now uh, and we welcome back into the studio again, Thomas Rawlings. Thank Hello, you for joining Thomas. us again. Hello. Yeah, well, nice to be back uh, after such a long break. <laughs> just just enough time to fill up the... Oh, she, just, she didn't get tea. Maybe we'll do that between the next one to, to, to before we ruin the Yes, issue. If, if car combat is petrol-powered, then I am tea-powered, so... <laughs> So we now are going to, as we said in the last episode, we're now going to go into more detail around Dark Future, the game specifically. And I don't think you can do that without really doing a bit more of a deep dive into what Games Workshop have done with yeah. Dark Combat. So, yeah, I think a, like a, a potted history there is, is yeah. very useful. So let's start right at the beginning then. Where yeah, so, th- so their first real car combat thing is back in 83. Uh, and so they they created this game called Battle Cars, all one word, mm-hmm. um, and that was designed by uh, you know Games Workshops uh, then like co-founder Ian Livingstone mm-hmm. and also a guy called Gary Chalk. Um, I think we mentioned before Ian Livingstone. Uh, um, he obviously he's a legend in game design, co-founder Games Workshop, co-created the Fighting Fantasy books, uh, and also was key in the formation of what would become IDOS Interactive, which is now Square Enix Europe. Um, he also opened Bristol Games Hub, where we're recording this. So obviously, he's got a bit of prestige and a bit of history. But like, what what is the game? What how what, what is the game about? Well, it, it's a kind of classic car combat game. Um, it's you know vehicles fighting. Um, it, it has a lot of the elements that you see in other car combat games in there. They also did an expansion for it, Battle Bikes, one word too. Uh, and basically, as you'd expect from a kind of tabletop miniature simulator of highway combat, you know, it's 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 that sort of thing. Um, now I, I I hear we have an old copy of it, or someone here oh, in the studio has an old copy yes, of it. Yes, so so one one of the uh, one of the people who'd worked on the game, um, he he's actually yeah, he's slightly older than me, and he's got a copy of it. So um, we'll we'll put some photos of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so people can have a look at it. And and if you've got your copy still, please feel free to send us photos because we we love that. We had a thing over there uh, a couple of weeks ago actually. Now that we put up um, some information around uh, asking people to pull out their old cars. And like literally, we had people go like from the Dark Future game, yeah, yeah. and we had people like go up to their lofts and like find out in old interceptors, and there was all these dusty photos, and and there was that very typical, which every fourteen to sixteen year old who starts 
painting Warhammer does, making their paint so thick <laughs> that it just goes over the whole splodge of this models. But there's some excellent work there. Uh, we will be featuring some again on our uh, artwork page on our Steam store. Yes. So if you pop over and you can wish list the game when you're on there, yeah. uh, you can pop over and have a look at them all there. Yeah, well, for me, I find an interesting point about battle cars, which, uh, like uh, we we mentioned in the previous episode, Car Wars got turned into a video game called Auto Duel. Um, battle cars also got turned into a video game mm. uh, on the ZX Spectrum. Uh, so you're talking proper old school, but again, I, I remember that era. <laughs> uh, what I found fascinating is the designer of that, um, the the video game version, was none other than Julian Gollop who will obviously be notable to any strategy game fans as the legendary creator of the XCOM games. And it's back, XCOM again. And in fact, He has we, a lot to answer for that, man. <laughs> we, we covered Julian and uh, XCOM games in our potted history of, of turn-based tactical strategy mm. games. So mm. you can, if you're interested, you can jump back and grab that. So... What happened after uh, after Battle Cars? Did, 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 I mean, there were slews and slews and slews of car combat games coming out from Games Workshop. Well, a few years after Battle Cars, so about five years later, they they release... So in 1988, they released Dark Future. Uh, so the game was designed by Richard Halliwell, uh, and he'd also created, with uh, Games Workshop, he'd also created the brilliant Block Mania. He'd co-designed the Space Hulk. Space Classic. Hulk is a fantastic game. Absolutely amazing. Love it. And uh, the... Yeah. I still have my copy somewhere at home. Well, the, the new reboot of it, the miniatures are amazing. Yeah. So yeah, a big fan of Space Hulk. Um, and the game had a kind of interesting development history. So so doing research for this, uh, looking into it, and, and obviously at the time when I just played Dark Future, I had no idea of this background stuff. So I, I guess in, in my rear view mirror, <laughs> hey. using the, the continued um, driving metaphor, it's interesting to learn that mm. It was originally going to be like a cyberpunk role-playing game, cool. uh, but it, it never really happened that way. So then they merged it into a car racing system. And apparently there was a mechanic used in... So Games Workshop at the time did uh, a Judge Dredd role-playing game. Right. And they they merged the, in one of the supplements for that called Slaughter Margin. Yeah. They had a car mechanic they were developing for that. So they merged that into the, you know, the kind of original work for Dark Future. And then... Then they decided that basically the, the the game would come with some 164-ish scale cars, mm. so like an Interceptor and Renegade, uh, which about the same size as Matchbox cars of interest, yep. plus a couple of bikes. And then the original game had you know sex, road sections, etc., oil slicks, and a, a range ruler. And I mean, so I was going to yeah. say that's quite interesting because we've we've kind of like and and in, in the development of Dark Future, we've really kind of lent into the sort of judge dready type world and the sort of you know and and and, and that sort of style and it's quite interesting to see that it's still being borne out now <laughs> well i mean dark futures it i should say is a, yeah is a very different setting to judge dread yeah, which has yeah, its yeah. own alternative view of what's happening it's more the inspiration for yeah, it more than well, it is in the again it's games workshop at the time they were they were working on you know, they were doing these dark. Fu- uh, they yep. were doing Dark Future. They were working on Judge Dread games. They were working on Warhammer, mm. and there was a bunch of other you know games in in production like Chainsaw Warrior. Yeah. So, yep. th- so there was a lot of different stuff going on in and around the studio at that time. So yeah, it, it's hard. There was a mix of stuff, and mm. I, I think that that's kind of fascinating to know that that was all running in parallel. Yeah. Um. So the game the game comes out in 1988, uh, and they basically so there's a teaser of it in the White Dwarf issue 100, mm. uh, where they talk about this new thing called which they dub highway warriors and that's that's in june 1988 again if anyone has a photo of their copy of what yeah see i remembered issue 100 because i I, i'd been getting white dwarf for a for 
you know, a bit before them. And issue 100 is a great issue. So much cool stuff and in do, it. Do you still have your copy? Uh, I think somewhere in the loft. Yeah. See, this is this is this is what's really fascinating with Dark Future is that it's obviously so loved. I mean, it's a, it's it doesn't have pride of place on the shelf much these days <laughs> but it's like it's not one of those ones that's straight in a charity shop or like got rid of like well, people are like I no i need to keep hold of yeah. this this is important this is like well, well this is like you know they are a piece of of cultural history they're a piece mm. of gaming history uh, and i think it's notable like white dwarf still going strong yeah. you know and yeah, it's yeah. still a great it's still a great read i still really enjoy it mm-hmm. but you know it was that thing where i'd rush down to the news agents to get i, I yeah. had it reserved at the news agents yeah. so i check in there like is it in yet is it in yet and they're like yeah gone yeah. of those days well yeah. this is the pre pre anything wow. like the internet where you just get it it was very exciting um so in in the so by issue 102 basically that Dark Future's on the cover because it's fully out then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was also on the cover again of issue 103. Um, and then basically that's where we, you know, once it all kicks off from there, we get into the 80s and 90s where they would, a whole bunch of more articles in White Dwarf, which they would collect into a supplement called White Line Fever, yeah. uh, where Richard Halliwell as the designer was joined by Graham Davis and Sean Maston. Um, it added loads of cool stuff like uh, ammo types, advanced driving, trikes, things like that. Yeah. They also later in White Dwarf did a, an adventure called Dead Man's Curve, and that was White Dwarf one twenty four to five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course the novels, which we which we touched on yeah. last time, really expanded out the world. Yeah. And and I think we what's interesting for me is that thirty plus years later. That that setting is mm. really eerily prescient. Yeah. And they had that that quote line, too close for comfort, too wild to be true. And so much of the game of the Dark Future lore working on this game now, you're like, ooh. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, that yeah. is too close for comfort. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that yeah. can't be true, but it is a little bit too close. <laughs> we, we've definitely had that yeah. a couple of times. We've written stuff and just been like, oh, yeah. That, <laughs> so I, th- I think from that original setting, it's nice to see what, you know, some of the, the, the designers' original ideas and intent. So, so from from the rule book, uh, from a page of the rule book when they're re- setting this out, here's how they envisage that 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 world setting and what the players would be in it. The sanctioned operative is a new breed of law enforcer, a blend of bounty hunter, hired gun, and old style fighter pilot. In the vast tracts of lawlessness outside the police zones, the PZs, of the great cities, motorized gangs reign supreme. They terrorise the scattered communities along the interstates and war constantly among themselves for territory and prestige. The roads have become a battle zone where the slow and the weak soon die. The end of the amendment of 1985 opened up the field of law enforcement to private individuals and organisations. The sanctioned op was born. Some ops can call on the resources of an agency while others work alone. They cruise the interstates in their heavily armoured interceptors on a perpetual seek-and-destroy mission. Sometimes they're chasing bounties put up by the authorities. Sometimes they're hired by a community to defend it from predatory gangs. Soul money. It's a dangerous business, and one that attracts all kinds. There are hard-bitten professional killers, self-styled knights in armour, veterans looking for the old thrills, ace racing drivers looking for a little more. The list is endless. Some like the money, some like the danger, and some just like the killing. Oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. So, so yeah. So it is quite weirdly, eerily. <laughs> well, it's it's more like, I, I think this is really good gameplay design mm. because it gives the players the role of the sanctioned operative. Mm. Um, but there's huge scopes on, you know, within the setting, the sanctioned operatives are everything from, 
you know, people who behave honorably and good and try to replicate the functions of the police mm -hmm. in, in, you know, arresting the bad, the baddies, yeah. right through to basically people who are just gangs with a, a, a thin veneer of legitimacy applied yeah, yeah, to them yeah. and everything in between. And it's, and then they say it's down to the player, how you're going to play that. Mm. Um, so again, through the rule book, there's loads of these little inserts of narrative that, 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 you know, throw these really cool ideas out. Uh, and to me, I, I wonder if you can see within that the kind of the role-playing game roots of the game, as we discussed, because it was originally yep. going to be an RPG. Yeah, yeah. I also should point out on that RPG note that the original box has this great... Yeah. yeah it has this great thing, a little, little like, stamp thing on the design, which says, a 3D role-playing game. <laughs> and obviously, this is, this is 88 before actual 3D role-playing games existed. <laughs> yeah. So if you said to somebody, now, we're going to do a 3D role-playing game, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's loads of those. Where, yeah, whereas this was, like, big news. Oh, it's really quite funny, actually, because we, we had the box out the other day, and I was just looking at it, I was just like... Why? Why does it say that? Opening up the box and seeing all the stuff in it, it's... it's, it's... But I think we mentioned before that the novels, starting with um, uh, one edited by Dave Pringle, which which was called Route 666, and it had a novel in, uh, a short story in there under the same name um, by uh, Jack Yeovil, a.k.a. Kim Newman. Um, and what, what was interesting is, um, and, and that novel would, that, that sorry, that story would be expanded out into its own novel, Um and we we asked last time, what's the connection in it? And somebody wrote online, which we cannot confirm nor deny, Route 666 also begins the maybe dark future is the beginning of the 40K universe theories as it alludes to the demons from the realm of chaos, end quote. Um, that, that, that fan theory has been around for a while and we can neither confirm nor deny it. And if there are any things in the game that allude to that or not, then we can neither confirm nor deny them. So if you are, you have any extra information in detail. Yes. Do, 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 do. We yeah. love a good fan theory. We, we do. Do you think like um, it's only a matter of time before maybe uh, Games Workshop kind of, if something kind of rises in, in popularity mm. and they go, well, there seems to be a lot of, a lot of hype about this particular connection between <laughs> that game and that game. Should we make it canon? Like, does it, does it I mean, depend on the, a fan base I mean, to kind Games of get Workshop, that train You going? have the power to. <laughs> they have the power to make it. I am reliably informed it is not canon, but the conspiracy theory persists. Yes. I think conspiracy theories to kind of connect fan theories like that are, are far more powerful. Anyway, <laughs> it's just fun to speculate, isn't yes. it? Oh well, exactly. No, it, it is great fun to speculate. Yeah. But and and there are there are points of speculation exist. But again, we we can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, let's let's talk about the dark future world. Then, like, what what's yeah. what 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 is so we we previously mentioned in the, in the thing about car combat games being post-apocalyptic dystopia type stuff. But what it, what is the special flavor for dark future? Yeah, so it is it is different from uh, a lot of the other car combat things that we covered in the last episode. So yes, it's set in an alternative USA where things are falling apart, the resources are getting short, uh, more scarce. But interestingly, dark future starts talking about that water is scarce, which which in the reality of it would be a, a massive problem um as law and order breaks down because it is dystopian not post-apocalyptic yeah. uh you you see the rise of these gangs but they they become like the gang cults so they're like gangs with this extra religious element uh which again has that that kind of chaotic yeah. Say, flavor yeah yeah, to yeah, it. yeah yeah uh and then the sanctioned operatives <clears throat> start replacing the police that which is the kind of players originally intersection into it mm -hmm. the highways were still needed because you know the coasts of america are still major cities mm -hmm. where industry and trade is happening so they've still got to move goods to and from which yeah. is why they need the roads mm -hmm. but 
the thing I mentioned that it adds is this extra thing about the something going on with the laws of physics. Mm -hmm. Again, all I can say is something chaotic, disturbing. Interesting um, use of words yeah, there, tinfoil hat rustles. <laughs> so, so much as in like a lot of the other car combat stuff, films, uh, games we talked about, that the, the, the oil crisis in 73 forms this key point of mm. kickoff. Uh, so like Interstate 76, like it's the oil crisis starts in 1973 and doesn't end. And so by 1976, you know, you've got the setting of that game. Yeah. In Dark Future, it's a, it's a slightly earlier event. So in in an alternative world in 1961, there's this event called the Rock and Roll Riots where yeah. there's a kind of a, 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 a popular pushback against this youth culture thing that's perceived as, uh, you know, immoral and... And rather than in the real world, obviously rock and roll blossoms and explodes and becomes this massive phenomenon, yeah. and it powers it powers a, a massive liberalizing and reevaluation of U.S. culture. In mm. in the alternative, it doesn't. So none mm. of that happens. So America turns inwards. It, it, its culture starts to ossify. Good one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a word I like, and that's where you get a lot of the really sounds like something you'd find on a car that kit bash car. Well, it's, 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 it's a perfect word. It's like where bone starts to calcify and ossify. Oh, right. It's like something that like old and becomes very static and set like in that. its ways and brittle. Yeah, so right. It's, okay, it's, it is the perfect yeah. word for for what's happening in, in yeah, another in this bit setting. of pop quiz knowledge for you yeah. there, everybody. <laughs> so what what I love about it is how the the the, the various creators obviously. Um, uh, Kim Newman, the other people mm. you know involved in that, have have taken this idea and of the alternatives and where all these jumping off points. So you, for example, John Lennon, who said in an interview he was inspired to become a musician by Elvis and rock and roll. Yeah. Well, when there's no Elvis and rock and roll, what does he do? And he said, somebody said to him, "What would you do if you weren't a musician?" He said, "Well, I probably would have become a politician." So in this alternative setting, John Lennon is a. Uh, <laughs> Is is an MP, a member of <laughs> member of parliament. I love all those spins. That's that's where I was drawn my, to the music. My, yeah, 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 yeah. my favourite one is uh, that there's a band called the John Linden Band, <laughs> and obviously, uh, and obviously, anyone if you know our, our setting, he's, yeah. he's uh, obviously part of um, the Sex Pistols. But in this alternative setting, they produce a patriotic hit called "God Save the Queen," <laughs> which again, if you know our real setting, it was Beautiful. there is there is a, a song called "God," yeah. <laughs> God which save is, the queen, yeah, but it's not like, patriotic. Well, some they're patriotic to some. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, again, if you, yeah, there, there was a moral, I, there was a moral outrage about the the the, the, the Sex Pistols version of God save the queen. I, but, I, I yeah. think it should replace our national anthem. <laughs> I think just uh, singing God save the queen. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic <laughs> song, and and because all that flows from there, then what happens? Because the US is inward looking, it doesn't get involved in the Vietnam War mm -hmm. and the social revolution that that brings in in the kind of late sixties, early seventies. Uh, and this ossification, Second route. Yeah. there you go, um, sort of carries on. And, and again, I, I, I find fascinating and of great interest the fact that in the original Dark Future, mm. in, so back in 88, they're saying, what, what could be the things that in the future will start to create the problems? And they pick climate change. Mm. To rather than, you know, the oil crisis of 73, they're picking climate change as this important event. And we now know, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, unequivocally, that is a problem. And it's yeah. a problem that is creating the decay in in lots of the systems we rely on yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. um in, in addition to that um we also there's a key part of the the, the kind of law uh and this, this idea yeah i was gonna say this comes into this point about like um pe like you know how laws are now governed <laughs> yeah so so there's still you know the, the the government is still functioning but it's in in the in the in really in the it, 
in the control of the corporations, Gentex, EBC, Houseman, AG, GMEC, Thalamus, which are the, the kind of main corporations in the dark future setting. Um, and so they passed this law called the Enderby Amendment. And in the law, uh, in, in the absence of the police, the law can be administered by <laughs> private companies. Yeah. And so the sanctioned operative is born. Uh, and I think I think as an aside on that, too well to be true, too close for comfort. And I said there's so much eerie stuff in there yeah, yeah, yeah. previously. So back in 88, we're talking about climate change. That's really important. Um, I saw a news headline that in Alabama, there's a mega church which is like a, a massive yeah. uh, sort of church. We don't have them here in the UK. Um, but they were seeking the legal means to create their own police force. <laughs> so Pretty uh, which, sure that's that's a game waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. <right> exactly. <laughs> NDB Amendment. Mega um, church cop. In the, or, or interestingly, maybe a Louis Theroux documentary. Yeah. You'd want to cover that. So in, in the dark future setting, they end up with a couple of celebrities as presidents as part of this. And again... Terrifying. Well, how, how could that happen? Yeah. yeah. And again, you tell people that, oh yeah, they created this alternative setting where climate change changes destroying things and celebrities become presidents oh, oh. too close for comfort <laughs> too wild to be true so one thing we are recommending here from the Zorik podcast is to see how structurally integrity the top of your car is to fit a laser or <laughs> well, but again there's a there's a section in one of the novels where uh, like there's there's a discussion in the novel about this this kind of like too wild to be true thing of like they decide well, why don't we have mandatory gun ownership let's take this gun ownership thing like a step further yeah and then i saw a thing in the news yeah. that some yeah, yeah. lawmaker in the u.s was proposing mandatory gun ownership you're like Yet again, Dark Future, you got there first. Prophetic you know, AF. Life imitates art. Yeah. So, um, let, I mean, the, I mean, before we get too worried that we're actually just like, is it you were just opening up the um, uh, Nostradamus, you know, Pandora's of board, box. Yeah, of board gaming. Uh, let us talk more about the game itself. So this is so this is the the board game that we're about to talk to you here. Yes. So so how the original board game and actually uh one of my friends, uh Rob, uh who Matt you met at my party. Oh yes. Uh he was a original player of the game. He remembers uh, getting the box and booting it up and taking everything out and so he was very interested when we, when I was telling him about the, the new game and stuff like that. So um has he wish listed it? Uh, he has wish listed it, and he signed up for the beta weekend, Woo-hoo. which was uh, a couple of weeks ago, which everybody thoroughly he gets, enjoyed. He gets an Oric Digital badge; it's in the post. <laughs> yes, exactly. We should make those. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Little tin foil ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe. I believe everything is connected. The Oric Digital <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but let's talk about let's talk about the gameplay. So, how did how did the game work? How did it operate? So if you open the original box, you would have found the rule book. You would have found a couple of car model kits, an Inceptor and a Renegade, some bikes. Uh, it had these little road, tileable road sections, which were divided into horizontal uh, like lanes and also vertical uh, lines in it. So they form grids. Um, and that's very key to the gameplay system. So what it means is when you place a car on the road, it occupies two of these these kind of grid squares whereas a bike occupies one like half the space of a car uh that's really important because the way movement so within the rule book for example it's got a thing of what speed are you moving at and you would you would monitor the speed on your your car's own sort of info sheet um so say you're going at 90 miles an hour and that that classifies as a speed factor of five so that means then you would move five grid spaces forward so it it takes the idea of the physics of movement everything like that and it uses this grid system to codify that physics of movement and i think that's one of the challenges for anyone making a physical car combat game Mm. one of the big challenges you face is how do you get the physics in it so that it feels fast 
and realistic yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you don't you don't bog your players down in literally needing a degree in physics to be able to work out you know which which car's going to go where. Yeah. And that that was a pretty good system for dealing with that. Um, so then from that, they had this idea of you know you've got the cars moving in these grid squares and that sets the basis for everything else that goes there so if you're going to accelerate you're moving you know forward more grid spaces if you're going to decelerate the next turn you would move less grid spaces yeah. and then when you deploy weapons when you shoot everything like that it measures out then from your car it puts places down a marker and obviously anything that any vehicle in a grid space that intersects with that then then you apply the rules in that yeah. and then they lay it onto that like driving skills control loss critical hits all, all that kind of stuff until you've got this really solid car combat system yeah. that that gives that nice mix of the physics and the, the 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 action of cars moving combined with kind of fairly easy to play and understand and then with this layered stuff on of the weapons and the, the little bit about the drivers and their skill so it, it it's a it's a pretty well-rounded solid system and again for me as a kid playing it it was just great fun just yeah. loved playing it like Love it when, the, you know, you get this great manoeuvre happens when you manage to ram another car, you know, open your machine guns up, you hit them, they lose control in their driving skill, they go off, crash, explode. It, yeah, it's, it was great fun. And I think it's also, one of the things I like about it, I think it's quite nice, is the speed your vehicle's moving at dictates in which order you move. So oh, any cool. of you play, yeah. yeah, tabletop games, war games, miniatures games. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, if you can move first, that's a big advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, you can potentially kill an opponent before they even get their turn. Yeah. So speed becomes really important there. But at the same time, the faster you're moving, then that has these other knock-ons to other things you want to do. And and that's something that I think we've tried to pull across into the video game yeah. of, 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 of that vibe of the system. We haven't pulled the direct rules, but what we have pulled, we've pulled the weapons, we've pulled the cars, we've pulled mm. the setting, and we've pulled a lot of the the kind of the feeling of that strategy action. Yeah. So when you're taking a decision to accelerate or decelerate, it's a strategic decision. Yeah. It's not it's not an it's not a pure action decision. I, I said that up to someone the other day being like it's 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 what you imagine happens when you're playing the board game. <laughs> That's the better way. Like it's sort of like it's not the board game itself it is interpretation of it but it's like it's when you see the car zipping around and changing lanes and doing other stuff it's exactly what's going on in your mind when you're watching this stuff yeah. happening it's like that oh yeah that's what they're doing they're zipping across this lane and this thing's exploding and this other car yeah. zipping into me this direction and so exactly it's the strategy of it which mm. is why dark future blood red states is not a, a driving, driving game, game. <laughs> <laughs> i think we should open up the episode with that i'm just going to take that cacophony of us saying that and just go boom just loop it. well i think there's it's a disclaimer maybe well, fade out every episode we just it's not a driving not a driving well, game, we, not a driving we game. in 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 the discussions we had it's had not about, a driving game yeah, it's not a driving game in the discussions we'd had about how to how to talk to people about this game how to market it and obviously running running a game studio we have to tell marketing for us is telling people about our stuff like mm. things like this um and that was one of the things, if you just saw some video clip footage of Dark Future of cars, you know, these beautiful balletic explosions of cars hammering along, you know, yeah. 100 miles an hour of, you know, cars zipping past, you'd think, I think you could think this is a driving game. And that yeah. that, that might put people off who are fans of strategy and tactic games, fans of the original, um, or, or people who'd enjoyed any kind of strategy game really might think, well, I'm not very good at driving games. Yeah. It's like... No, actually, yeah. you should pay attention, which is why we're really driving this point that it's not a driving. driving. Very oh, good. Go. Yeah, yeah. Very good. I mean, <laughs> the main, the main thing, uh, main reason I've, I find gameplay so satisfying is because I am not a fan of driving games. Like, yeah. I, I'm hopeless at them. Yeah, well, terrible. Well, and I well, love same. this because yeah. it's not. Yeah, I, I'm not a very good at driving games either. And and 
yeah, it was, I think early on when we were doing, and we'll cover this in, in episode three in more detail, but that, that was the thing. When I played the original board game, I enjoyed the the tactics of how I use my sanctioned op to achieve my ends. Mm, yeah. And and I when we started working on the game, you know, we went through a few iterations what we wanted, but I always wanted that vibe. And that vibe is still if you play the board game now, it's still there and it's great and it's good to play. And we definitely wanted and I feel we have captured that that we've bottled that magic from the board game yeah. into the video game. Which I think is a nice sideline to uh finish today's episode uh and um we'll, we're, we're gonna finish with a, with a little bit of a quote from the book because it's 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 another one of those prophetically awesome things that explain the dark future universe so well um but i do just want to say again thank you very much for joining us today thank you Tom. Thomas. we appreciate that pleasure thank um, you for me on. and we will be back for episode three which will be about the video game. So we've the gone game. through what Car Combat's about. We've gone through what Dark Future the game is about. And then we are going to go headfirst into what we have done with it. So I suppose we're going to fade out with this with this, this quote from Dateline America. You're making it sound like it's going to be this really poetic thing. It sort of is. Let's have a listen. <laughs> North America, 1995. The glorious United States of America, God's own country. Honest. Life here is not good. It's fast and it's cheap. And it has a tendency to turn real dangerous when you least expect it. But for the right people, the rewards are immense. Think about it. Someone, somewhere, they must be profiting from all the chaos. It is a time of heroes and anti-heroes, of upholders of the law and renegades from it. So. Are you feeling as blown away as I am? Uh, a little I'm, bit. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I, I think what's very important to say, though, is that um, even though we did do a big deep dive into Dark Future, the board game, yep. it's really underlining that point that Tom and, well, all of us really alluded to quite a lot there, which is like, Dark Future, the video game, is not Dark Future, the board game. No. So if you are coming to this for the board game, it is not. It is the, and I've said many, 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 many times already, it's like showing off the cool stuff that happens when you play a board game. Yeah. Like in your head when the cars explode and flip over and do things. Everything you're thinking, that's what the video game is. Yeah. 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 So it's like, and, and, and it's not to take anything away from the, uh, Alan Moore famously talks about this quite a lot about how you know he doesn't really care too much about interpretations of his work so alan moore the comic book writer who wrote things like uh watchman and v for vendetta and mm-hmm. from hell and league of extraordinary gentlemen and da, da, da. and, and he, he, a whole slew of the captain britain best right. one he's done right big favorite of mine uh but he basically says he's like well i don't really mind what anyone else does with the work like as long as they pay me the right amount of money for it because <laughs> you know everyone's got a price but he's also like well it's not my work it's like my work has been in someone else's interpretation. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, if you want my interpretation, it's the it's this. Mm. So kind of Dark Future has a little bit like that. It's like, if you like the board game, we're not doing the board game again. Yeah. We're yeah. going, we were inspired by the board game. Yeah. We thought the board game was cool. Yeah. But we made video games. Yeah. We also made board games. It's, it's but we really, also made video games. <laughs> it's, it's just really important that we're, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're taking Dark Future, we're bringing, we're modernizing it to, to a new audience um, to keep it alive, keep it going. 
Because, you know, board games, certainly of this nature, are a little bit niche. Yeah, you know, there aren't yeah, many yeah. people that play these sorts of things. And to... I've seen these going online for about, like, that box. I've yeah. honestly seen going online for about £90. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. mad. Absolutely mad. So if you've got like one, dust it off, old. bring the market value down, because I wouldn't mind owning one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. So, uh, yes, so... <sighs> Uh, well, I, suppose, I don't know about you. I need a cup of tea. <laughs> I'm always needing a cup of tea. I've, Peppermint I mean, this, tea. This, that's what I need. <laughs> that's what you need. It's, it's good for many things. Good for many um, things. But this, this, this is a good season. Like if you're a Dark Future fan, I mean, if you're a Games Workshop fan, yeah. Um, but of course, more specifically, if you're if you're a Dark Future fan, this is a great place to be right now. We are d- diving into literally, quite literally, as many corners of this piece as we possibly can. Yeah. And with people like, with Thomas and Peter um, at our disposal, yeah. um, they're like they're like the, the heat laser and the yeah. combat laser on Correct. my interceptor right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, You can choose who is who, yeah. or maybe let them fight that out. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, we're, we're going to be talking to them in the next episode, of course, uh, mm. having Peter, Peter on specifically. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think I mentioned to mentioned that previously. Like, I'm really excited to hear what he's got to say because yeah. he's yeah, been yeah. really close to this for a little while. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, he he's he's who I want to hear from. Yeah, right absolutely. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose we better wait till next time. Thanks, Matt. Bye. <laughs>